Good morning, your family also from my side. Um, it's such a, it's really a privilege. Thank you, Jakob, for the kind words. And, and also to Jonathan and the elders, Harry, and Ben, for inviting me this morning to share with you the word. I did um, the same message, the pulpit swap that we did last year. I, I also shared um, on that same message last year. Do you remember? You remember what I preached on? Don't worry, if you forgot, I brought the same message. <laughs> uh, no, it's a, don't worry, it's a fresh, it's fresh, God's word is fresh, amen? Amen. amen. And so, therefore, um, it can be fresh this morning. Um, so, as uh, Yaku said, we're busy with, with our citywide sermon series on our core values, why values, our five core values. Um, lordship, evangelism, discipleship, leadership, family, those are five core values. And, um, and so this morning, I will be preaching on discipleship. And so I know it's lordship, evangelism, and then discipleship, but uh, we've tried, uh, we, we just uh, mixed it up a little bit, just for the fun of it, I think. Um, no, but uh, uh, I have the privilege to share on our third value, which is discipleship, and then next week you will continue with evangelism. And so... Discipleship is really the great commission, and uh, thank you, Ari, for sharing such a bold message last week on lordship. You can go and listen to that message if you missed it on the, on the YouTube channel, the Every Nation, uh, Every Nation Willows YouTube channel. And so if you have your Bibles, you're welcome to open up your Bibles, if you have it with it. Um, in Matthew 28, verse 16, um, and maybe this morning you're like, wow, it's a, uh, it's a familiar verse. I've heard Matthew 16 to, to 20, maybe a million times. Um, I pray really that the, the Holy Spirit will just um, depart, or not depart, impart, or uh, inject something fresh this morning with, with all of us. And because I think if we only preach once a year on this scripture, it's not enough. Because this is really Jesus' last words and um, the, the mission that he, he sent us out with. And so we're going to read this, uh, this scripture together, Matthew 28, verse 16 to 20. And so it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee. And so there's certain words that you can, if you have a highlighter and you're highlighting in your Bible like I do, uh, there's certain words that, that you can highlight because we're going to just for a moment, look at those words. And so, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee. You can, you can highlight Galilee. To the mountain, highlight mountain, to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him there, when they saw him, they worshipped. You can highlight worshipped him, but some doubted. So you can highlight doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority, highlight all authority, in heaven, that one, and earth, has been given to me. Okay, so let's just pause there for a moment. So these 11 disciples uh, were, were being told by Jesus to go back to Galilee. They're going to go to a certain mountain. And some worshipped, some doubted. And all authority has been given to Jesus in heaven and on earth. Incredible words. And so, Lord, this morning, as we are reading your scripture, I pray, Holy Spirit, that it will be 
um, not familiar, Lord, but fresh. That it will be fresh, Lord. That's, that's really my prayer in this week, Lord, my prayer is that, it, that this word, this mission will be fresh in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. And so if we look at verse 16, it says, so Jesus is, is they, they've been told to go to Galilee because they're going to meet Jesus there. And so Jesus' ministry started, when he started his ministry in Matthew 4, it started in Galilee. And so it's almost this spiritual full circle of starting everything in Galilee and ending in Galilee. It's, it's, it's significant, Right? And so it's like a significant moment. And then we see Jesus also saying, we will meet on a certain mountain. And so the significance of a mountain is throughout the gospel, we see everything that has significance happened on mountains. Jesus preached his first sermon on a mountain. The transfiguration happened on a mountain. Jesus died on a mountain. He ascended on a mountain. And so everything that was significant, happened on a mountain. And so they were directed to go to a mountain. And so we know this build-up is something is going to go down. It is the full circle of starting in Galilee, ending in Galilee. It's going to be on a mountain, and Jesus is going to do something. And so these disciples are coming, and in verse 17 it says, Some worshipped. When they saw Jesus, they worshipped him. That was their response. It's our Savior, it's our Messiah, and they worshiped him. And then he said, But some doubted. And so, can you imagine Jesus, his entire redemptive plan is being left to people that's doubting? <laughs> In certain translations, it says they had disbelief. Can you, can you imagine that they were even imperfect? And so Jesus had this plan. And we're going to speak about this plan. But he's leaving this plan to imperfect, disbelieving, doubtful people. Not like disbelieving Jesus, but disbelief maybe a little bit in the plan. You understand what I'm saying? And so there's a certain movie that I really not love anymore. I used to watch it. I'm going to maybe give away the, the title, but it's a police movie, okay? And um, maybe you'll know if I tell the story, but it, there's a certain part in this, in this movie where the, these two officers, they had to go and rescue um, the sister of the one police officer. And so they made this plan, this whole plan. They say, okay, this is the plan. We're going to go in. We're going to rescue him. We're going to do this and this and this, and that's the plan, Right? And then somewhere along the way, <laughs> they hit turbulence and trouble, and the plan, there was no more plan anymore. All right? And so the one police officer said over the radio to the other guys that was already safe, he said, okay, we are switching to plan B. And so everyone was like, what is plan B? They never discussed the plan B. And so um, in, a, in a certain way, he said, you guys never um, pay attention, we, you know, but there was no plan B. And so they just started improvising. Okay? And then they just went from there, they went downhill, and, um, and it got even worse. 
And at a certain point, the other, per, the other police officer who didn't know that there was a plan B, he was asking him, listen, is this still part of plan B? He says, like, no, this is definitely plan C. <laughs> Jesus did not have a plan B or a plan C or a plan D. There was only one plan. It was plan A. And he left it to people who doubted. Can you imagine it? All right. So keep that in mind. Verse 18 says, And now all authority, all authority, have you been given all authority? Ever? All authority has been given to me. Maybe you said this in your office. All authority has been given to me. Sign those papers. All authority has been given to me. I have full authority of this budget. Go and buy the coffee. Jesus is saying, listen, I have all the authority in heaven and what's going on there and here on earth, and we assume everything in between. Jesus has all the authority. He makes this bold statement, and he's saying, I have this authority, and here it comes. And so we read verse 19 and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The spiritual journey is completed. They're on a mountain that, that signals significance. Some doubted, some worshipped. But Jesus is saying, listen, I don't have the authority just to sign papers or buy coffee. I have all the authority in heaven and on earth. Now, go and make disciples. Baptize them and teach them. And listen, I'm with you. <laughs> what an incredible scripture for us to remind ourselves with. And so, as I was praying this week, and almost help us to, to view this scripture, because I said to Addy, I don't think if, you, if you're in part of this church, like, I think you've heard this scripture a few times, and a few teachings. <laughs> it's not like you've never heard this scripture. And so, just afresh, what, you know, what, why did Jesus choose this plan? If we look at our values and we see discipleship there, why do we value it? More than why do we value it, why did Jesus value it? Because that was the plan Jesus chose to change the world. Of all the things that he could have chose to change the world, he could have used leadership. He could have gone to the Pharisees and, and leave the redemptive plan to the Pharisees. Do you think that would have worked? No. He could have used evangelism. Do you think... Using evangelism to change the world would have worked to a certain extent, maybe. But now we just share the gospel, and then imagine you just receive the good news, and then now, just now, what now? All right, Jesus could even have used worldly systems like money to change the world, but he didn't. 
of all the things he could have used to change the world into eternity, timeless, he chose discipleship. Why? Because discipleship is for everyone. Not one of us that is following Jesus is exempted from discipleship. It is for all of us, followers of Jesus, because it's transferable. It is reproducible. It is not complicated, maybe difficult sometimes, right? If someone is late all the time, doesn't pitch, or have excuses, maybe sometimes difficult, but not complicated. And so therefore, if we look at the, the Great Commission, these five verses, the golden thread running through this Great Commission is discipleship. Does that make sense? And so if that is the case, I'd like to share with you three highlights or headlines. If this, if it was discipleship or if this was the Great Commission, let's say it didn't say record, it said the Great Commission. This was the paper. The good news, right? And there's certain headlines in the news. We always know that the sport is at the back. The classifiers is on page um, 10, or the, the, the one just before the sport. We know the classifiers are there. We always know that on page 2, there's a big headline story. And so there's certain headlines in a paper that we know is always going to be there. And so if we see the Great Commission in this way, that there's certain headlines that we have to keep in front of us, right? And so if we, if we look at it like that, we speak about the same old boring strokes. A headline this morning. Make disciples. The same old boring strokes. Another headline this morning is the ancient, um, the ancient sacraments. The ancient sacraments. Baptize them. Communion. Right, we're going to speak about this for a moment. And then another headline maybe this morning is the progress reports. Teach them. Teach them. And so if we speak about the same old boring stroke, this first headline this morning, if we say the Great Commission carries a golden thread that values discipleship, a headline this morning, the same old boring strokes, what does this mean? Go therefore, Jesus is saying in verse 19, go therefore and make disciples. Make disciples. I'm sure that when the disciples sit there and they heard that when Jesus said this, the disciples, they're now on this mountain in Galilee. Jesus is saying, saying go and make disciples. No one was there like, okay, Jesus, um, just explain that again. Like, make disciples? Like they were the disciples. They, they, they were more concerned. Jesus is going. They were fearful and doubted in this plan of making disciples. But they knew what was a disciple because they were the disciples. And so they were not like, mm, not sure. They were like, we understand. They've got it. Like we're, we're it. And so all we have to do is we have to do what you did with us. We have to go and do that with others. Right? And so they knew exactly what Jesus meant. But maybe we don't. 
And so we go back to Matthew 4 verse 19. All it says is Jesus said to them, Jesus went to them and he said, Come follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. That is all they had to do. Hey, come follow me. Follow me. I am Jesus. I want you to follow me. And as, I, as you are following me, I will make you become a fisher of men. As you are doing accounting, the people that's doing accounting with you will become followers of me. As you are an engineer or a doctor or a nurse or a pastor, you can put in your title, your vocation in there. As you are doing this, Jesus used the example of a fisher because they were fishers. And he said, I will make you become a fisher of men. And so this morning, put in your title, there where you are, you follow Jesus. And you become a fisher of people in that place. And as you do this, you bring people closer to Jesus. They follow Jesus and they become fishers of people. And we do this together in community because as... Um, uh, 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 Jesus called Matthew. Matthew had to follow with Peter. And Peter had to follow with John. And so we follow in the fellowship of believers. And in this fellowship, we are together. We care for one another. We love one another. We are family to one another. We, this, friends, this was Jesus' plan. I follow Jesus. And as I followed Jesus a few years ago, I worked in a, in, a, in a bike shop, a local bike shop. And one of the reps that came in, he was, at that stage, he was, he was, he, he was so, he did not even know who Jesus was. He sweared so much, drinking all the time. And then one day, I just started making, building a relationship with him, building a relationship with him. And then one day, he came and he shared with me, he broke up with his girlfriend. That was my way in. I started asking questions. What happened? Can we have a coffee? Had a coffee, built relationship. He was broken. Invited him to church. At church, he gave his heart to Jesus. When he gave his, imagine discipleship didn't exist. And he accepted Jesus, and then now he's got the good news. If he's not discipled into the ways of Jesus, he would have gone back to the way that he was living. And so if Sean became a disciple of Jesus because I discipled Sean. And as Sean was following Jesus, Sean reached out to his mom. And Sean reached his mom, and his mom became part of the church. His mom gave her heart to Jesus. And as they were following Jesus, they reached out to his nephew. And so Tian gave his heart to Jesus. And when Tian gave his heart to Jesus, he became a disciple of Jesus. And so Tian is today a pastor in Leidenburg. follow Jesus. We fish for people. And we do this in fellowship with one another. The same old boring strokes. If you have children, or maybe yourself, the way that you've learned how to swim, what is, which is, what is the oldest way of swimming? The freestyle, right? right? We don't, none of us go, and, yeah, I want to learn to swim, I'm going to do the butterfly. <laughs> none of us do that. No, if you want to learn how to swim, you're going to do the oldest stroke, and that's the freestyle. It's just this, right? Follow, fish, fellowship. Same old boring strokes. 
over and over again. Right? One of the headlines this morning, if we speak about the Great Commission. Now, the headline this morning, if we speak about the Great Commission, is baptize them, the ancient sacraments. What does that mean? Big words. I'm so, it's so incredible that we even sang a song this morning, the ancient gate, referring back to the ancient ways. Because there are certain things that Jesus has put in place to remember him, to identify with him. Uh, um, uh, Hank shared this morning a, a just this beautiful image of anointing dripping down from Jesus. Anointing people is another sacrament. And so if we speak about baptism, communion, anointing, it's not just things that, that for us is just things. To the world, it is strange and weird. Now you go to a swimming pool and you just dunk someone and there you go on with your life. Or you, you drink a little bit of wine and eat a little piece of bread. Are you not hungry enough to eat more? Now, to the world, these things are weird. Why would you take oil and slap it on someone's head? It's weird to the world. But these are our ancient sacraments that Jesus has given to us. And he said, remind yourselves. Remind each other of me. That I have given my blood. I have given my life. And baptize one another so that you can identify with me. Out with the old, in with the new life. You walk. And Jesus is saying, I want you to identify with me. Remember the ancient sacraments. Keep them. Do them. Celebrate them. This is core to discipleship. Amen? And then the last Headline that we're going to share this morning, almost one that is here. If we, if we look at the paper, it's maybe one that's like the classifieds, the progress report. Ruda, what is a progress report? Let's read verse 20. It says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Teach them all that I have commanded you. Teach them all that I have commanded you. This teaching of this new life, right, we read in the book of Acts, at a certain point, a Pharisee made the accusation against the disciples, and he said, this teaching has filled Jerusalem. That was almost like a, a compliment to the disciples. It has filled Jerusalem. It has filled Jerusalem. It has filled every house, every corner, every temple, every street, every person. It has filled Jerusalem. Friends, my question is, what will it take for the gospel to fill Tuane? We don't have enough churches for the gospel <laughs> to fill Tuane. What will it take to fill South Africa or Africa? What will it take to fill the world? In Acts 5, there was this certain Pharisee, Gamaliel, he said, and this was my, 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 my sermon last time, he said, if this plan is of God, right? If this mission is of God, you Pharisees will not be able to stop it. There was two other guys who before them, they started their own things and it stopped. He said it. And then he said to the Pharisees, he's like, if this mission is from God, you will not be able to stop it. So leave them. Let's see. 
friends 2,000 years later. And the mission continues. The mission continues. How do we know this? How do we know this? Progress reports. Progress reports. And so to understand a progress report, you must understand the way we view the book of Acts. And so Acts can be viewed in, in, in different ways. There's a few ways. Theologians would say the, the, the main view to view Acts is, 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 is Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Right? For, for, for very clear lines. The, the gospel was in Jerusalem, and then it went into Judea, and then it went into Samaria, and when it reached Rome, the book ended. Ended. And so many would divide the book of Acts in that way. Another view is the narrative of Peter and the narrative of Paul. And so some would say um, Peter reached out to the Jews and Paul reached out to the Gentiles. And so when the gospel reached Rome, the book ended. And so those are the two narratives of Acts. And then there's a third view, which is progress reports. And so progress reports highlights discipleship because discipleship says... We are teaching, and as we are teaching, we are growing. And so listen to this. There's seven progress reports in Acts. I'm going to briefly highlight them. Number one, um, it says, and they were added to their number daily, the church grew, in 2 verse um, 47. And they were growing. And so this thing was going. It was They were teaching, they were sharing, and so we read the story. And then another one in Acts 9 verse um, the, sorry, this, the second one was in 6 verse 7. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And so they were increasing. And so this, start, this thing was gaining momentum now. The third progress report was in um, Acts 9 verse 31. It grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. The church was growing in numbers. And this was now in Judea, Galilee, and in Samaria. So now this, this numbers is growing. The progress report is suggesting that this mission is working. The disciples is teaching what Jesus has commanded. Number four. But the word of God continued to increase and spread. 12 verse 24. Number five. So the church was strengthened in faith and grew daily in numbers. Chapter 16 verse 5. And so can you see... Gradually, they are increasing in numbers. The church is growing. The disciples is doing what they are supposed to do. The mission is moving forward. It's progressing. Um, progress report number six. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. 19 verse 20. And then Paul reached Rome. And he started preaching for the first time in Rome. In Acts 28. And Paul welcomed all who came to see him boldly and without hindrance. He preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. They kept on teaching what Jesus has commanded them to teach the people. And the gospel spread. And so we see the progress report of Acts. And I want you to look at this video as we... As we view the progress report at the moment in the world of how Christianity has spread over the years.
our lives are but a blip on this timeline. And we have the opportunity to be part of this. We have the opportunity to take the gospel forward, to make it progress forward. Because Jesus said, go and make disciples. Same old boring strokes. Remember the ancient sacraments. And it will progress as you teach them. And so if we look at the progress report of every nation's one, our family, we planted Linwood, we planted the, the Linwood Church. That was the first church in 2008. And it was small. And we increased in numbers. And so we planted Highfeld in 2010. And we increased in numbers. And so we planted Willows in 2013. I think Mama Lordia almost at the same time. And as we progressed and increased in numbers, we planted Hatfield in 2016. And I know, I know we don't have a Hatfield church anymore, but those, those, that service or that church, the congregation, form parts of most of our evening services at the moment, which has grown and increased in numbers. And therefore, we could plant the Moore Church in 2018. And as we grow and we increase in numbers, we could plant Eladis Park Church in 2020, in the COVID year. And as we grow and we increase in numbers and multiply, we could plant the Moikluf Church this year. Can you give yourselves a hand? And as I prayed into this, I felt how the Lord just said to read this word, this scripture to you guys. As you fresh planted this Moikluf plant. Matthew 25 verse 23 says, Well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful over a little, and I will set you over much. Well done this morning for making disciples. Well done for remembering the ancient sacraments, for baptizing people. Well done for keep on teaching people. What Jesus has commanded. And as you keep on doing that, this thing will keep on multiplying and increase in numbers. And we will see the progress report going forward and moving forward. Amen? And so three headlines this morning. If the Great Commission is the good news, the three headlines this morning, let us remember the same old boring strokes. Let us keep on making disciples. Let us remember the ancient, the ancient sacraments and keep on doing them and celebrating them because we identify with Jesus. And may we see through teaching and, 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 and sharing with people the good news, we will see the progress reports. Amen? I'd like to invite the band as I... I'd like to end off and just pray for you. And I want, I want to invite you to stand this morning as um, I want to pray the, one of the last scriptures in 1 Timothy 6, verse 20 to 21 over you as a congregation and as a family. And maybe this morning you can receive this word. And this word this morning is not a, it's not a, a word to, to condemn you. But it's a word to encourage you to keep on, to hold on to the faith. You are doing this. Keep on doing it. 
Don't quit. Just keep on doing. Tomorrow is a better day to quit, not today. All right? Keep on telling yourself that. Tomorrow is a better day to quit, not today. Steve Morrow will always say that. <laughs> Tomorrow is a better day to quit, not today. Keep on doing this. And as you do this, we will see how Jesus increase and multiply. Amen? This mission is impossible without Jesus. It is impo- this is Jesus' plan. And so if we say, yes, Lord, if we sing these songs, these powerful songs of, Lord, you are worthy of it all, and therefore I surrender all. You are worthy of it all. I surrender all. Send me. It's <laughs> powerful words to sing. You cannot do it without Jesus. He died on the cross, and he rose from the dead. And then he ascended from this mountain and he said, this is the plan. (laughs) This is the only plan. There's only one plan. Go, make disciples. And reach those who do not know you. And as you reach them, teach them so that they may also follow me. Discipleship. That is, friends, why we value discipleship. So I want to pray 1 Timothy 6, verse 20 to 21 over you. And maybe you can receive this word this morning as I pray it over you. O Timothy, Paul is saying, and he's saying to his young pastor friend, O Timothy. So this morning I want to say, O Willows, O Cindy, O Harry, O Yaku, O Anaka. Put your own name in there, but oh, willows, God, the deposit, the great commission, discipleship, God, this deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge in this day and age. For by uh, professing it, some have swerved the faith. Be careful to swerve the faith. Because in this day and age, it is possible. God, this deposit. But don't just guard it. Live it. Transfer it. Share it. And as we do, grace be with you. So in this moment, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will empower your church with your mission. It's not our mission, it's your mission. And it's been working. By your grace, it's been working. Because you use imperfect people. You use us. Thank you. May you send us afresh this morning.